Hi everybody, it's Jukebox and you're listening to the Maritime Milsim Podcast, brought to you by Rap for Canada, Tier 1 Scenarios, Jester's Tactical Sports Center, and Unanimous Dan 3D Print and Cut. Alright everyone, welcome to episode 64 of the Maritime Milsim Podcast. I'm your host, Hooligan, and this week with me I have uh, the always tries-to-be-funny Jester from Jester's Tactical Sports Center. <laughs> There's no trying, this is all natural. <laughs> uh, we have... Uh, I think the original fan, James, uh, aka Raza. Raza! What's uh, up? Which, I think, unfortunately, I think Facebook finally nailed you on that. Yeah, they started <laughs> going after me. That's funny. And I'm still under the radar. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Until <laughs> I just made that comment. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, well. Um, we are missing one co-host, uh, Gentleman by the name of Tyler who'll be joining us later, so we'll bring him in when he does. But the uh, the uh, the most important guest, guest, most important guy here right now is Drum roll, please. Is Roger Rafuse. Ah, the crowd goes wild. Yeah, thanks, guys. I wasn't expecting that uh, that kind of intro. <laughs> we could tell by your enthusiasm. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, I really appreciate it. Maybe we should do take two. Okay, take two. And ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together as our next guest takes the stage on the poll. We have Roger okay, Rafuse. Woo, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Take my shirt. Take my firstborn. Cue, cue stripper music now. Nice. All right, so we upped the enthusiasm a little bit. That's fine. We'll go with that. So, Roger, for anyone who doesn't know Roger, he is um, a guy not, who's been paintballing since, like, day one. I think it was been day one. When did you say well, you started? You started in 80... 88, so not, not oh. like day one, but... Uh, like six, uh, seven know, years after day one. Very very early uh, involved in the game, at least here in uh, in the Maritimes. Hmm. Um but yeah, not uh, certainly not since the inception of the game. But uh, 1988 is when I played my first game, so I guess I got going on 28 years. 28 years. You've been playing paintball longer than I've been alive. Well, there were a few years in there that I kind of stepped away from the game, but uh, kept an eye on it. So uh, all those years weren't spent playing, but kind of back into it now and. Uh, uh, doesn't feel like I missed a, a whole lot of, as far as the uh, the sport goes. No, I think in the ten years you went away, it was kind of the thing sort of plateaued a little bit, maybe. Yeah, you know, that's kind of from looking back at the you know stuff that took place in those years. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, well, that that was happening when I left, and uh, you know, it's. I think now is a good time to be getting back into the game for sure with the, you know, everything that's happening with the, with social media and the way that you're able to uh, kind of join these groups that with, with guys that have similar interests. So guys that were playing back when I was playing or, you know, on these Facebook groups and there's a lot of them coming out now that, uh, you know, because they're, they're finding these and they kept their old gear and they, you know, they want to get back into it. And, uh, uh, so they're seeing guys, you know, with, uh, with like interests, uh, playing. So, so, you know, kind of created a new, uh, kind of a new class, I guess, in, in the game is the, you know, these old school guys, kind of like gentlemen's hockey, 
maybe, um, where the old timers get together. To, and uh, so the same thing, I guess, with, with paintball. And nothing wrong with that, because we, we need the we need that old blood to teach the new ones how to do it properly. <laughs> right. well, yeah. Come I like from... to think like to think we can anyway, but uh, I found I've been getting uh, taught quite a bit myself. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, not to like completely derail everything going on right now, but uh, we're gonna try and bring on our our, our missing guest, Tyler. Dun Chief. dun dun! Stand by. Down to there he is. Houston, we are good for go. So, introducing Tyler, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, Tyler, what is it? Mir. Mir, Tyler Mir. So, uh, Tyler is one of our fans who answered the call when I said that we had, we were down two co-hosts, sent it out into Facebook, and he's just like, I'll do it. Sweet. Come on on and hang out with us. So, real quick, Tyler, why don't you introduce yourself, um, you know, where are you from, what do you do? Sounds good. Um, Tyler, I'm in, or Tyler Muir, uh, play in Ontario. Um, started off speedball, rocking the die dam, so still do a little bit of speedball, but with that thing called a box rotor these days. And, uh, nice. just mostly enjoy MagFed. Um, been listening to the Milson podcast for like going on about a year or so now. Oh, so that's like since almost day one. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> So yeah, so I uh, saw that you guys were posting up, and I'm like, oh, sweet, okay, I have to try and get home like as soon as possible now. Right, just got to be like ditch work and be like, I got to go, bye. More yeah, already that's what we all do. Like, get out of the in-laws' house and get on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll send you a message whenever you want. If you, <laughs> you need. <laughs> just be like, I need help. I'm like, hold on, and message you. I'm not even doing a show. I'm like, I need time. Yeah, we'll six days a week, he's like running away for a show, eh? <laughs> we'll get you out yeah. of the in-laws. Not a problem. Cool, Tyler. We're gonna so stick around, hang out with us. Um, Ask gonna, questions, speak up. Don't be shy. Absolutely. If you don't speak up, I'll forget you're there. That's okay. Um, now back to Roger. We'll get. We'll talk about Tyler in a minute because Tyler sounds like he's the uh, uh, opposite of Roger, which is actually going to be perfect. This is going to balance really well. I'm enjoying this. Um, so Roger, you mentioned you've been playing since eighty. Sorry, say eighty-seven. Eighty-eight. 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 Get the date right at some point. That's cool. Um, so what what exactly got you into the sport? Well, we I was in high school and we you know some buddies and at the time you know we were running around in the, the woods, um, dressed in full military fatigues and just kind of playing what we were calling war games. Of course, we, we didn't have any kind of paintball equipment or anything like that, and we know we were not shooting uh, real pellets at each other like. Uh, some people I knew were, we were just kind of, you know, out in the woods and, uh, looking like military guys. And, uh, we seen the, a lot of the news footage, the coverage that the game was getting in the U S you know, would make the, the local news or whatever. And, uh, we were thinking, man, this, wouldn't that be cool? If we could just find a place to play that. Or if we had our own guns, paintball guns. And, uh, so we were seeing the, the ads for the equipment in, uh, in military catalogs and magazines, um, U.S. Cavalry type of thing was selling the stuff. Neat. And uh, so, yeah, so we were seeing the game being played, but there were no playing fields uh, locally, not here in Nova Scotia that I was aware of anyway. And uh, so trying to constantly uh, convince friends, like, let's just buy some guns and goggles and play uh, what would be considered, I guess, outlaw paintball today. 
um, and uh, was never successful in doing that. Uh, in '87, I found Action Pursuit Games magazine on the on the newsstand, and uh, that. Uh, definitely increased my desire to play, you know, looking through the magazine, seeing all the guns and the games being played. And uh, finally, in in uh, September of 88, I found a local field here in the province of Nova Scotia, Commando Combat Games in Yarmouth, and uh, traveled down there and played. And uh, since that time, uh, well, you know, from then till I guess the middle of the or mid-2000s, uh, paintball was, was pretty much my life. That's all I did. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's there's no such thing as paintball addiction. It's, it's just it's normal. There's probably some people that would disagree, but they're not paintball players. <laughs> exactly. Cool. All right. So you just sort of saw the ads and and wanted to play. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was I was hooked before I played. Like I knew it wasn't. A, I want to try this to see if I like it. Like I just I knew I wanted to play. It. I was very just from reading the magazines. I was very well prepared for yep. playing for the first time, type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just sort of yeah. You see it. You see the pictures, and something clicks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Tyler, what about you? What got you into the sport? Um, kind of like what Roger said was like a lot of the advertisement. So I got in in uh, early two thousands, and now I could tell you nothing about the larger scene. Other than being a kid and being like, oh my god, that hopper's amazing, it feeds paintball like crazy, and I can never afford one. Um, <laughs> and yes. then, uh, but actually, Roger, what made me laugh about yours was you're like, I want to get into this, I knew I'm going to love it. I remember like my friends would go paintballing and stuff, and I always be to my parents like, oh, let's go, let's go. They'd be like, oh, we push it aside and forget about it. So without ever playing the sport, but friends in high school playing, I went out to Canadian Tire got a marker, jumped in our, in my friend's car and said, let's go play paintball. Like, I committed to buying the crappy tire little one <laughs> before I even started. And then I played that for a good three years. Total outlaw ball. I have no, I didn't even know what FPS was at the time. <laughs> we just went out. Yep. Um, and, then, uh, and then I got out of it because uh, going to school and uh, video games were easier on the pocketbook. And then... Um, we were going to do it for my bachelor party. We were going to go paintball, and it became this giant talk, and weather and getting everyone together didn't happen. So me and one of the groomsmen just went out after the wedding, and I just was like, I remember this now, and it was so much fun. Why have I not gotten back into it? And I have been blowing through my credit card ever since. So, <laughs> a boy. Yeah, glad to know I'm not alone. Oh yeah, there's 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 far too many incriminating uh, Excel files hiding around on computers to uh, ever really let my uh, uh, wife see. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I know that's uh, that's a big thing there. And then, but when I got back into it, the community that I first got back into was Speedball, and then uh, seeing all the MagFed stuff come out, I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. And then um, I got into that, and that's always been the biggest hook is the the MagFed and. Um, that's what I've been really enjoying lately, but just having the dam and having so many options, it's like, well, one marker for the 2,000 to two games, so, or two person a game yeah. set up, so. Yeah, the die dam is really versatile that way. Yeah. Um, so, what, so you said your first marker was from, like, from Canadian Tire, so. Um, it was a piranha ripoff of something. Um, so I you had just it. said piranha. I was just yeah. like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> um, CO2 was only the option in the area, 
And yeah. uh, I yeah. actually, I had it. I had it for the longest time, and I took it to that when we went back out with uh, my one groomsman. I took it, and then um, it had filled with so much CO2 that when I learned what FPS was, I learned that my gun didn't go lower than 302. Uh, so that was quickly shoved into the um, bag as I awkwardly walked into the shop to... Uh, I got a Tipman crossover then, and uh, I have had far too many markers since, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's, nothing There's no that. such thing as too many. Uh, yeah. No such thing as too many. <laughs> right. Yeah. As, as long as you can... Well, Hide no, them all in one place. <laughs> yeah, as long as you can keep them yeah. hidden from, from the wife, you're, you should be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> start hiding them in, like, in the rafters. <laughs> no, just buy just buy a shed, keep it outside, and then when you do bring in a new one, say no, no, this has been in the shed for a year. Like I forgot I had it. Yeah, that's worked with a lot of um, accessories. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> where did this new mask come from? Just make from? it dirty. Uh-huh. I think the, the really funny story with the, the mask joke was um, I had ordered a an airbrushed one in the summer, and unfortunately the shop had a, a very serious fire. So oh, I no. just got a replacement one today, and it was one of those things is, like, the Canada Post guy rings the doorbell. My son was starting to, like, fade to, like, go to a nap, and she's, she's like, not only is there a mask in a box, but the doorbell got rang, and I'm like, yeah, I was going to go put this downstairs right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give a yell My at favorite line. so many things. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite line is, oh, it's been on back order for the year. I paid for it a year ago. Oh, yeah. 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 Because yeah. that's money that was long gone anyways. Or it was used, so you know I got like fifty percent off. Yeah, right? totally used. It's still wrapped. Yeah, exactly. It was used. Don't worry about it. The, the, I bought it from somebody who repackaged it. Like yeah. doing box off a of BST. Yeah. yeah, they have a machine for that now. Yeah, professional BST here. Yeah, Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roger, what was your first marker? First marker was a. NSG National Survival Game Splatmaster. So nothing like the the JT Splatmasters that you're seeing today. This was the the first pistol, not used for the game of paintball, but it was actually the first first gun ever designed for the game of paintball by uh, Bob Guernsey. Um, UVEX goggles, which were kind of the industry yep. standard at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woodstocker face mask. So you put the green face mask on first. And then you put the goggles on over it. Um, Safety. My dad, well, see, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, keep in mind that back then, headshots, there were not many fields that actually allowed headshots. You, you wore the safety protection in case you got hit in the head. Um, but if you got hit in the head, you weren't eliminated from the game. Oh, really? So, yeah, there was, there was many. Kind of like there, dodgeball. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, you, you still took, you still got hit. I actually found, I think, that I got hit more in the head when headshots didn't count um, than when we actually started. You know, once the, once the kind of the advancement got made in, in head protection and uh, the safety standards were kind of starting to be uh, standardized or whatever and, uh, and watch more closely, then, you know, it just kind of made sense to, to allow to allow headshots, it, it uh, you know different things show that it was actually safer than not allowing it. If if headshots didn't count and the guy got hit in the lens, and all he did was just wipe his lens off and smear the paint around and continue to play, well then obviously his his vision is obscured. 
uh, you know, a possibility that, hey, there was some damage done to the lens, but obviously he did not, he wouldn't see it since he didn't stop playing. Um, so kept playing and then maybe could get uh, hit in the, in the lens again, which then would cause some, some injury. So, you know, it just made more sense to, uh, to start allow, or allowing headshots and counting headshots and the players then would leave the game just like any other elimination and have, uh, have an opportunity to ex- inspect their equipment in case there was any type of, uh, malfunction of the lens or whatever. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that before. Yeah. But, yeah. uh. I yeah. might add that the, uh, my Splatmaster had a, a plastic crossman stock that had been modified to, to kind of fit the contour of the pistol grip of the pistol. And it was held onto the gun using two pipe clamps. And, uh, it was actually, I remember going to a field and all the other players were, were in awe at how high tech it was. And, <laughs> <laughs> Have they never yeah. seen a pipe clamp before? Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, uh, also, and, uh, I actually played this past summer with, with one of the spot masters the, the weekend after, uh, Bob Guernsey had actually passed away from his long battle with cancer as a, mm. a I guess of a, a bit of a memorial to him or a tribute. I said, I'm going out and playing this weekend with, uh, one of the spot masters and, uh, and had a ball. I didn't eliminate many, many players, but, uh, the ones I did get, uh, Certainly felt felt good to get them with one of the old spot masters that hadn't been fired probably since uh, since the 90s. I might add that I cranked a 12 grab into them. I've never done anything with these guns since I bought them used in '88, and I've never done anything to them. I cranked the 12 gram CO2 cartridge into them, and they they never missed a beat. Did you clean them at all? No. If there was broken paint. That was it. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. old these, school. Just there's these, nothing on them to break. Yeah. These guns were, you know, they were plastic. The, they were kind of designed to be the, the ideal gun for a rental fleet back then because after a day of play, the, the field operator could just basically dunk them in a bucket of water, hang them up, and let them drip dry. Mm-hmm. I, I, like feel like we, yeah. I feel like we need, like, a, an evolution of the renter marker, like the man... We, Just be like, how? What could you find in your dad's shed that's still worth cleaning? <laughs> we just need all the old awesome. markers from the '90s to come back. Oh, look at the '98. Well, yeah, actually, that's that's still a huge rental fleet. It is. I think it's it's probably going to explode too, though, because of the um the MagFed kit that just came out for that store. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I have I have friends who I'm like, okay. Grab that marker that you bought for like fifty bucks and come get back into paintball because you can actually do make that now. That's what they're made for. And, yeah. Um, so, sorry. Oh yeah, the storm is great because you can throw your internals in there, go play a magfed game, come home, take it apart to clean it, throw the internals back into it, to the ninety-eight, throw a hopper on, and go play Not some Magfed. more. <laughs> yeah, like it's not just it's as so. As a field owner, would you be tempted to like make that like a rental style? Like, hey, upgrade to a magfed. Oh yeah, we do have magfed rentals here. Oh nice. We uh, yeah, we're getting a bunch of the storms and uh, some of the stuff from MaxTech as well. Because we want our my my personal philosophy as a field owner is everybody shoots differently, everybody plays differently. So find the gear that works for you, and a rental gear. We want it to give you a taste. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's just a taste. 
of what the pie tastes like. Right. So you get, you you get a hint, right. and then I you remember, can decide from there. I remember renting gear at a field, playing with it, and thinking this is great, and then not having any idea that what I was playing with was total garbage. Well, it wasn't probably wasn't total garbage. It was just no, it was, an intro level stuff. Yeah, or was it garbage? It was, was it a piranha? Garbage. It was piranha. <laughs> <laughs> like the rental piranha, not even like the the piranha that they tried to sell to the player. This was like you can only buy these in batches of thirty, and yeah, it was black and yellow, and it was just I got it was a rental marker. You know, you can't bash it too hard. But I remember actually, I have a couple of those in storage right here. I know, I've seen them, <laughs> and I remember That's awesome. Finally, getting my own marker and thinking, oh my god, I. I have no idea. Like this is ridiculous. So yeah, that was funny. To answer fun. the question, um, to, to to reiterate the answer to the question though, totally, you know, fields should be doing that because with the way the sport is going right now, this is my personal philosophy and belief is that the way the sport is going, you're missing out if you're not offering some sort of mag-fed rental. Like there's, you know, um, the fields that are looking to get the storms, type in Jester Tack. You know, get that 10% off and go get them, use them, test them out, and you won't be disappointed. And 5% of that 10%. Wouldn't that rental market, though, be a pretty, pretty, like, the, the rentals that we I see at our field, I mean, they're having, some of them are having trouble keeping the lid closed on their hopper. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yes. To, to try and teach them to eject the mag and, and load another one. Now, granted, I've never played with a mag-fed gun, but... You'd be surprised well, the kids pick it up pretty quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, most kids... Um, that's the thing. Is most of the younger kids, you know, Call of Duty and Battlefield and all that, they're familiar with it. Like, when I was going through leadership training years ago, and what was it? Uh, the first couple calls of Duty were coming out and a few other games, and my son at the time was 13, so my oldest son... And Renee, he could tell me the orders format better than what they were teaching me at work because of getting his orders in the video game. So <laughs> when it comes to mag changes, the older rental crews is what we have to take them aside and run them through the, the drills before they start a game. Because like, here we always, okay, your first time playing, we take them aside, run them through a couple of drills and skills, and then send them off. And we do the same thing with the mag-fed ones. We take them to the range, we chrono them, and then we run them through about five minutes of drills of this is how you change your mag, if you have a stoppage, this is what you look for, so you have your immediate action. So that way when they do go on the field, you know, we're not, uh, they're not spending their time sitting around going, I don't know why my hopper doesn't close. But I have seen those type of people too. And there's not much you can do for them because they're just – they're already at that nervous state of I'm playing a sport I'm not familiar with. They're uncomfortable and they're scared because they know it's going to hurt when they get shot, but they don't realize that it's not going to kill them. So it's okay. They have that fear and that's why they have a hard time closing their hoppers and working their fingers. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is the MegFed might inspire people. Like it's one of those things is like okay I got my hopper out here with my uh, five buddies at like this thing, but it's like oh we're running MegFed. It's like you said like the Call of Duty kicks in. Because I don't, I don't know like a young person in their twenties who hasn't picked up any kind of FPS at this point, and they go in and they, uh, they got their mag fed. They're like, oh, ego boost time. Like, let's, this is yeah. real. And right, Kate hit runs onto the field and goes, I am Captain Pierce. Exactly. <laughs> or Captain Price <laughs> yep. Pierce. Or Ghost and 
right? I have ghost. I, I have... Most most kids come running out here and go, I'm hooligan. Look at me. I can't even turn on my GoPro. But that's uh, <laughs> hilarious. Again, I actually uh, to be funny. Uh, okay. I have a nine-year-old sister and a five-year-old brother. Both of them saw me with my old 98. We were just interested. Then uh, show up one day with my 468, and they're just like, oh, my God, I want to try it. Now, every time I go over, they're basically asking me to play with it outside. I'd let them shoot it off at a target, but considering there's snow on the ground, it's a little cold to be doing that. Plus, I actually got a, uh, I listened to a very wise man and picked up a proper marker. Oh! That suit, that's you for the way you play, right? Yeah, it suits me a lot better. There you go. Good. What'd you pick up? An M17. Oh, I figured. I just wanted to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Not just any M17, Jester's M17. Oh, yes, yeah, I was there for true. that. That was funny. Yeah. I remember I that. Don't have a, just, just to clarify, I don't have a limited edition M17 yet for the market. <laughs> Evan, but... wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> All right, make that happen. Just uh, saying. I don't even think he listens to this, so <laughs> whatever. Um, okay, cool. What? Um, well, excuse me. Um, lost my train of thought there for a second. So the main topic, the reason we were talking about uh, – where Roger comes from with uh, with the old school paintball, and I think he's established himself as uh, playing longer than the rest of us and, and seeing more than any of, we, any of us have seen. Uh, I want to talk about where paintball came from and where we see it going. So with that, I mean is the fact that, you know, paintball, like I said, it started in, in 81 or 82 and uh, has been going pretty strong for a sport like paintball and it didn't die off within the first year that's that's pretty awesome now paintball started out with out in the woods with um for anyone who doesn't know a little history lesson here paintball the the original paintball marker which i cannot remember what it was called and i don't mean the one that was made for the sport the what the nelspot 007 yes uh designed Simply for marking livestock. That's all it did. You're, it, rather than branding a cow, you shot him with a dye-filled paintball, and that was it. That was you shot him, and that was your cow or your sheep or whatever. Trees. Um, they, the forest industry used them as well for marking trees from a distance. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then a bunch of guys decided one day that it'd be hilarious as hell to play capture the flag with these things, and the sport of paintball was invented. <laughs> was, you know, it, that's how it all started, and that's. It's grown into this enormous industry with everything from pumped speedball to mag fed to everything in between with like first strike rounds, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so what do you guys think? Where 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 it's come from? Where do you guys think it's going? What do you think about where it's going? I think I think it depends on where you're where you've planted yourself in paintball, where it's going. Because you can talk to the guys who are in the U.S. and they play the speedball tourneys. And they're like, oh, speedball's getting great. The the NXL's launched. They're going to turn around speedball. And then you have the guys who are getting into MAGFED or walk-ons and they're like, no, it's the Milsim. And I don't know. I think it depends on where where you see the most action. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, I think in Canada especially though is the milsims exploding i think that's the stuff that's going up like the, the like you they're saying before like the kids are playing 
the um, the FPSs, and that's the marker they want. They don't want to have um, the space gun uh, anodized. They want to know. I want to wear like the uh, the M17s, the uh, the Rap Fours, all of those markers. Mm-hmm. I think those are the ones that are everyone's eyeing now when they walk into a shop. But um, I think the fields are where they uh, like where that dictates. So, because cool. like, Jester, I'm sure you've seen some changes. Oh yes. Yeah, it's uh, we've seen the change from the modded '98, and it's uh, you know AR style add-ons from Ops Gear and oh Ops Gear oh jeez oh yeah Ops Gear yeah uh, so we've seen all those and now we're seeing you know then we saw the T68s running around we saw um, the Tipex come out or the TIPX so I don't yeah Tipex um, come out we. And now with MaxTac and Rat4 and Milsig, and yes, gentlemen, I have I did say all three of those names in the same sentence. So if anybody's offended, they are too Welcome late. Welcome to shove it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those markers we've seen. Plus, we've also seen um, in the media and, and as as a culture too in Western uh, or North America there in, in the Western world is war has now been. Warfighting has been on our minds. So if we look at the decline of paintball and the time frame, we also see the militaries going through a transition of peacekeeping to peacemaking to warfighting. And when we look at the military and how it affects society as a whole, we also see those first-person shooter games start to explode because as a culture, we're more acceptable to the fact that, yes, people do go to war. We're not just the big, burly peacekeeping canadians we're actually the big burly ass kickers yeah exactly we will we will fix anything that needs to be fixed properly Mm -hmm. so with our sport we've seen that transition and influence on the markers the gameplay the um enthusiasm level of people wanting to 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 play harder games and more mission scenario based not just you know the bachelor party or the speedball group that just goes out and slings paint for 30 minutes and goes away we now see people that will take time loading up their mags, talking to each other, just like you do in the military when you're getting ready for a range or getting ready for uh, an attack. You're, you're loading up your mags. You have that social aspect with each other, and you're talking and hanging out, and you're just putting them in there, doing your thing. Then you go do your raid, your mission, or whatever, or your attack, just like in the military. It's all hot and heavy, and everybody's breathing funny, shooting, looting, sneaking, peeking, and then it's all done. Everybody comes back, and they do the AAR, the after action review and the defrag clean their gear. They socialize. And now that group is even a little bit more tighter. And the people that were on the outside at the beginning of the morning, after the first attack, if they did their job have now been accepted into the fold and are getting guidance and everything. So it's very similar to the way it is in the military because the new guys, you have to prove yourself on the field and then you get welcomed in and you get to socialize and everything. And our paintball society is the same thing. Our markers have changed drastically. Our attitude has changed drastically. We're very acceptive of those around us um, that are good at playing and, and not just in their skill set, but when they step on the field and they listen to those around them and they recognize experience and take advice and, and work as a team, the ones that go out and just you know lone wolf it there, they get left to the side but they're still kind of part of the community. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in answering that question in a long-winded sentence, yep. yes, I have seen the transition <laughs> in effects, and uh, that's what I attribute it to. Yeah, okay. So 
uh, what do you guys in the the future paintball? Is it are, are we seeing a more uh, money being invested into speedball side of things with the NXL, or do you think the industry is going to do this massive shift over to Milsim, or is it going to be cut right down the middle? I, I think it'll be similar like it is today, cut down the middle. I mean, definitely the Milsim game and the MagFed is is here to stay. Um, that was kind of the biggest change for me getting back into the game was um, was seeing how seeing that because there was there wasn't that part of the game when when I kind of left it. Um, in fact, like in those early years, we were doing everything we could to promote the game as not being a war game or not being a survival game. You know, the paintball guns never, ever really looked like a real gun. Even someone that didn't know really what it was, looking at a paintball gun would say, I don't know, it's a gun, but I don't know. I don't think it's a real gun, right? There's a tube sticking off. up. <laughs> you know, it uh, has this funny-looking t- uh, air tank hanging off of it or whatever. Mm. Um, so, you know, that was, that was quite a, a change for me to see see that the advancement in in the technology as far as the i guess the the ability to build these mag fed guns you know the engineering the technology available and 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 i think it's great you know it's it's uh, it's great that the sport has made that kind of uh leap that we're no longer having to try to protect against stuff like that uh, you know, try and say, oh, no, no, it's not a war game. It's it's a sport. We only wear camouflage because it gives us an advantage in, in hiding, right? Um, so it's, the MagFed Milsim game is definitely, I think, here to stay. But I don't think you're ever going to take away the uh, kind of the, the true roots of the game, which is, you know, which is gravity-fed hopper uh, ball, uh, whether it be pump players um, stock class players or, uh, uh, you know, your, your NXL uh, race two players, mm-hmm. it, it's still paintball. And, uh, there's a you know place for, for everyone in the, in the game. Okay. So, uh, and, and feel free anyone to pipe up and argue with me on this one. Uh, but okay. looking at paintball extravaganza just went by. So, Comparing it to the past, in the past it seemed like every time you turned around there was a new paintball marker coming out or there was some sort of innovation coming out. Uh, whether the marker was getting faster, was getting more efficient, or was getting lighter, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the paintballs were even upgrading themselves, uh, getting better and better. Uh, even to the point where we had whole new companies coming out with whole new ways to do it. Unfortunately, they didn't really go anywhere with it. But at one point there was a company that wanted to make a paintball that was made of cornstarch that was... Uh, liquid while moving, but would solidify on impact to make it very hard to wipe. Like, it was this really neat concept. Uh, But now it seems like everything has slowed right down. The paintball markers aren't getting any more efficient. We've pretty much maxed out the efficiency, uh, or the technology. Yes, they're shaving off 2 or 3 PSI, or they're shaving off uh, a little bit of weight. But, for the most part, it seems like the past two three years, uh, a new speedball marker comes out, and everyone just sort of hymns and haws about it. You know, they they're like, oh, like look at Lux. Lux got, or not Lux, but uh, uh, Sky. No, um, um, 
Oh my god, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I'm just losing it completely. <laughs> That's what she said. Ah ha ha! Hilarious. To have it to lose it, but that was the new guy. <laughs> the new die gun. No, uh, DLX. Sorry, DLX. Okay. The guys who make the Lux. When they released uh, their newest marker, and uh, everyone was just like, "Yawn." They were bored of it already. It was in these fancy cases. People take oh, pictures yeah, the of it. Oh yeah, the ice. Yeah. And, okay. And they looked at it and they were like, "But this is this is nothing new. You've just recolored it." And, and put and, a different grip on it. And put a different grip on it, right? It's like, it, it's nothing spectacular about it, but. Uh, I think what? it's. I think it's with diminishing returns, though. Is um, well, uh, who was it? Um, uh, I again, like, I'm gonna now have the brain fart. Um, the uh, <laughs> not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> the there was the Magfed marker that just came out this time, and their huge thing was, oh, it's a full auto batter without a battery. T15. T15. So the T15 comes out, and everyone goes. Well, Milsig did it. Right. It's, 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 it's almost like the joke there is like everyone's done it. There's refining, 100%. Like, um, like you said, like the Lux kind of came out, but the, the M2 and well, a lot of the speedball stuff comes out at World Cup. It's not extravaganza anymore. That's They're true. Not there. Yeah. That's Milsig, true. Milsig does their own launching now. Um, and everyone else is kind of like, we got what we want. Let's refine it and get it really good. Right. Just, I'm just worried in next year. What's going to be better? How can we get it any more air efficient? How can we get it any more lighter uh, in the speedball world? Because don't get me wrong, I, I you know I host a Milsim podcast, but I love taking out a speedball marker and going and playing a good game of speedball, fast paced, having a blast. Um, but I feel like now it's nothing more than look, we made it look like wood. That's literally one of Dye's things. They they released the new M2. And they're like, check it out. And it looks like wood. And everyone lost their minds. And I'm looking at it going, but why would I pay a ridiculous... If I have last year's marker, why am I going to sell it to buy this one? And for because... that, got wood pun. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's, just like, uh, it's just like cars, right? It's the exactly. exact same thing. It's, it's the same thing. And what it is, is everybody wants the newest, shiniest, fastest thing. And Ninja and Dai, they made wood grain on their products. Hey, cool, right on. Mm-hmm. Is that going to apply to me? No, because my tank sits in my backpack, or it's inside the stock of my marker, so I don't care what it looks like. Right. That's just me. Now, there's that- other people out there that, hey, if they want to buy the newest, fanciest thing every year, I will gladly sell it to them every year. <laughs> right. Now, that being said, with with uh, with DXL and Die sort of getting uh, lightly raked over the coals for not releasing anything spectacular, Extravaganza. They probably will release something pretty badass at World Cup. Uh, oh yeah. But Empire released that uh, the mask, that new mask, which I cannot remember uh, the EV the EVS Empire EVS. With yeah, the HUD. With the, I can't. Yeah, it has the HUD. Yeah. So badass looking mask. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. It's just just as a mask by itself for something like 150 bucks American. Uh, it's just a really nice looking mask, but the $500 model comes with the Snow 2 heads-up display, which um, I'm not sure if anyone's. I'm sure everyone's aware of it, but the fact that this thing can link wirelessly to your paintball marker, give you a heads-up display of how many rounds you have shot, or how many you have left, or I can't quite remember the, the distinction. Uh, your settings, you can see what you're set on. Everything comes up there. And this is actually already installed in a lot of the older Empire markers. 
because they've been working on this for so long and they didn't tell anybody. But to me, though, I'm like, I don't think that will matter as much because um, if like, where do you think that's going to be better though? Is it for the magfed player or is it for the guy who's got like uh, 500 paint in there? That's like, true. Like, like, because the whole thing is, is like, as a magfed player, it's we're used to counting our shots, we're used to counting our mags, mm-hmm. um, and there are other technology. What I think that one's going to be better for, like, to play the devil's advocate on the mask, because it is great, is the GPS. Is no longer, um, like, just as you said, like you got that guy who goes lone wolf, but okay, lone wolf is way off on the far side here. I know that I can work with them now. I think that's going to be the evolution, and I think that's where paintball will go. Is we have this technology. Here's a HUD display. It's been around. It's happened before, but it's never been in paintball. Now there's the small entry. Like the uh, the speedball guns got uh, OLED displays, and right. now everyone's got an OLED display on every. Right. I think every. I remember when the OLEDs print. first came out, and everyone said, well, "What the hell do I need an OLED for? I can just tell what my marker's doing by the flashing green and red light." Exactly. And then they and saw then, the OLED and lost their minds over it. Yeah, and then I think I think that's going to be the big thing, but. Would is like, is that one going to be the big industry? Like, is the um, is uh, will paintball be the uh, with um, VR? Like, okay, let's go put the M17. We can't afford to remake our field every year, but let's somehow get like the head-up display. Like, they would get trashed, I know, but that's the whole thing. Is like, is that going to be the new one? Like emerging of there, like I think that's the thing is like we're gonna see new tech is gonna come in. That's yeah. what's gonna I, and that's bring what I'm thinking the, the the industry is gonna go towards is we're gonna see less and less being done to the paintball markers because there's not a whole hell of a lot left we can do even in the milsim magfed side of things short of putting things into not an AR-15 style uh, body is. Is there's not a whole lot to do. Their efficiencies are efficient as they're going to get. There's not many ways that you can push a paintball up out of a magazine, right? It's it's pretty much done. I think yeah, because everyone's got. I think everyone almost has a like a, a box rotor or a heavy paint mod in uh-huh. the Milsim fashion. Um, right, and, and the and, mags are all the same basic concept. They, a spring yeah. pushes the paintball up. So and are the, we going to see more accessories added to the sport? Accessories or the mods, like there was the uh, the ball pup. Uh, you guys were just ca- talking about last week was um, that one is it's financially not viable right now uh-huh. is there's not that much interest until someone goes and does something else but is it like the 3D printing do we have to see mods coming out like let's see let's see a universal mag all of a sudden and here download this mag printer and whatnot. so right and uh, that would be cool download this file and print your own mag uh, which I actually I'm pretty sure already exists uh. But, Some capacity, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, what do you guys think? Are we going to see more? Are we going to see more accessories and less new markers? Are we going to see stuff that we never even thought would ever be included in the sport come to our sport? The one thing I see, uh, or that I miss, uh, from those early days of playing with auto mags and auto cockers was was back then everyone's auto mag your my auto mag didn't look like the other guy's auto mag you know your buddy's auto cogger didn't look like the other guy's auto cogger they were so customizable there was so many different accessories you could get that that everyone could could just make it their own custom gun 
with today's guns, really, what can you do? You, the, the regulators, all it's all built into them. You can't change that out uh, other than the different anodization that, that they're available in. There's not a whole lot you can do. There's a few. Right. Grips, it's like I buying a, a Ferrari and realizing that you can't do anything to it. Yeah, you know, so that that's certainly something that, that I miss, and, and I see that a lot on the old-school uh, pages that I'm on is guys just, you know, wishing that, uh, that today's guns were as customizable as uh, yesterday's guns. Yeah. I well, mean, see, that's, that's why most people now don't go buy the Ferrari. They'll buy the... Uh, you know the Honda Civic or the the Dodge Neon, and and then uh, add the parts to it. You see people go buy a T15 for you know 600 bucks Canadian, and then go buy another 200 dollar uh, shroud and another 200 dollar barrel, and then they got their different sights, and then they change their pistol grip. So in in the Milsim side of the world, if you want to put the money into it, you can customize and, and make your markers very distinct. Um, it just costs money, and, and a lot of people we are seeing do that, especially on Facebook. You're going to see the buy-sell groups where people are like, yeah, I got this one, or take a look at my my rig. And it's it's going back to what I said earlier with those 98 customs where people are putting on the, the shrouded barrel and they're they're putting on the mock magazine onto it and the, uh, the AR stock and whatever else they can get their hands on just to make it look distinct and real to them. Uh, what we used to do in the army because everybody had the same rifle and we weren't allowed to mod them uh, to change the handguards or paint it or anything back in the day. So now what we used to do is just slings. Everybody would have a different type of sling <laughs> just to make our difference. As much customization as you could get away with. Yeah, exactly. And that's why that's how we, we know the difference. So what we used to do is, at mealtimes and, and training exercises and stuff is we'd C9 gunner would put his, his gun down and then we'd all lay our rifles in the section on top of it, so all our gear was in the same spot. And, you know, something happens, you come running back and you grab a rifle, but you're hoping it's yours, because if you're on course, the instructors are going to hammer you for it, for not having your rifle. But you're also wanting it to be your rifle because you know the state of it. So the only way we could do that was the slings. Well, now, like like I was saying, is you can change your shrouds, you can change... You, the upper and lower receiver are pretty much the only thing that is the same, mm-hmm on all T-15s, but most people are changing everything because they're one-for-one scale. Same with the Tipman uh, M4, the Airsoft rifle, is people are customizing them like crazy. And they're even printing off 3D-printed shrouds or handguards or, uh, you know, mock suppressors just to make it look different to have that, this is mine. You know, remember back in the 90s when everybody was buying Dodge Neons? Or late uh, early two thousands or whatever, because the Dodge Neon was you know everybody had to have one, and you'd have those guys that go race them, and you're like it's a neon, and then they open the hood, and you're like holy crap, that's a that's quite a fancy little motor in there for a Dodge Neon. <laughs> so that's a great example too, though, because um, the two brands that I've used in uh, Magfed have been Milsig and uh, the Die Dam. So yep. when I had my M seventeen, like it's it's since been sold and everything, but like I was I had like my budget like i make like flow chart of like oh i wanted to do to get this get this get that and then with the die dam it was like okay like i got my couple things and i'm done and i'm sitting here going well what else do i get and yeah um, like the hybrid combat stock from uh, Mil- uh yeah from milsig is great because i'm like i want to get the Aaron stock and then i can mod it that little differently but so do you think we should focus on like a one-to-one scale then so that like parts are interchangeable or like roger was saying is that 
playing the line too close to uh, real guns because like, well, Facebook just banned us from mentioning mar- I, like gun. You have to say marker. So I yeah, think, and that's uh, sorry. Uh, if you look at like what Roger said about the old school, the the auto mags and whatnot, about everybody's being different. That allowed a company called Custom Products to form. That all they did was put out aftermarket parts. They didn't actually make anything. Uh, like new markers or anything like that. They literally looked at what came out and then they made new stuff for it, different colors, different designs. And uh, and unfortunately, it looks like Speedball has moved away to the, the point that everything is so efficient, so streamlined now that it's there's no customizing it because if you customize it, you'll ruin it, is almost the mentality. But Milsom seems to be, it's grown and it's reached that point now where it's become so widely accepted that we're getting that customization options now. And we're moving into the ability to change things. There's a company called, uh, um, I forget because I keep forgetting things, uh, MegFedMaker. He, he's created uh, something called a Victor kit for the M17, which yep. is a oh, body yeah. kit that totally modifies your M17. I can't even explain it. Just go look it up. Just called a Victor kit. And it, uh, I think we're going to see, I think Nelson's <clears throat> going to go the way of customizing to the point where everybody will have that new marker. Yes? No? Well, as an industry, we have to we have to embrace it because when you look at the culture of speedball, and when I used to do competitive sports, everybody wanted the new skis uh, when we were doing the cross-country skiing and the biathlon. Everybody wanted the new skis that came out that year. They're like, oh, the new Solomons are out, the new Mad Shoes are out, I have to have them, have to have them. And I'm like, well, why? It takes you uh, half a season just to get the ski it's like a piece of wood. It's got a natural crown to the ski, mm-hmm. so you have to wax it and wax it and wax it and use it and use it to make it flat, and a flat ski is a faster ski. And when it comes to markers, you have to break in your markers to get them to work properly. When they come out of the box, not quite perfected yet, like you still have to go through the bro- uh, process, just like real rifles, of breaking them in, working out any imperfections, and getting them right. And by the time you do that, people are like, oh, okay, well, the season's over, and in speedball, Every year they've got something new and fancy, and all the big teams at the top always have the newest stuff. So I want to be like the guys at the top, or girls at the top, whichever team you're following. So that means I have to go buy it. If they just got a new release that came out from Lux this year, I have to get the new Lux because I want to be with them. But when we look at the Milsim world, we look at reliability over Flash and Pizzazz, right? Mm. So when the T15 came out, uh, everybody's like, holy crap, it's a one-for-one scale, that's awesome, and just eating it up. And they're like, well, if there's one thing I could change about it, for me at the time, was that their mags should have been more readily available. Yeah. And the second part was that, you know, if it's a one-for-one scale, then it should have uh, an auto feature to it. And that they've just brought out now, which is great, and it's a one-for-one scale, so you can customize the crap out of it. Are they going to have to do anything to it next year? Probably not. They might just modify little pieces here and there or just to make it look fancier or version 3 or whatever. So in Milsim, we're not all about that. Speedball, they're about that, oh, this is what the guys on the top are using. This is what we have to use. Some Milsim people are like, oh, well, this is the newest one that came out. I have to use it. And and my philosophy is don't go by what somebody else is shooting in Milsim. Go by what works for you. Hence, Raza switching to an M17 over a 468 because after a day of training with the two of them side by each, he realized that the M17 suited his play style. So in Milsim, find what works for you 
and go for it. And speedball, hey, you know, I play speedball occasionally when I get bored, and I use whatever I can get my hands on because it's the warrior that makes the tool work, not the tool that makes the warrior work. So what about something like this then? Like, let's. Um, okay. What if the future of paintball isn't to focus on the gear, but the game? If if we've collected That's... all of these, like all these things, let's get the Milsim guy so that he shows up with his sniper setup, his um, his CQC setup, uh, yep. his like rifle setup, and then have it where okay, this time you guys are defending, you're gonna want your rifle. Okay, this time you're breaching CQC. I think that's where. We should really oh, I agree with you. Guys. That I would... agree with you. That's that's where the industry should step up its game is uh, as at the fields and the companies, the Mil- or Milsim companies, the MagFed companies should be saying, okay, and Rat4 is doing it and a few others where they're like, okay, this is the format of how we play the game and this is our style and I, I, I see this, the industry uh, to answer the question earlier, I don't see it being split down the middle of uh, evenly between Speedball and, and Milsim or MagFed. I see it always going to be heavier on the Speedball because that's their day-to-day bread and butter. Yeah, And MagFed, makers. yeah, that's their that's their constant keep their doors open and the power to the lights, right? So yeah. that yep. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that's what it is. And we're on the other side of that branch where we are the Milsim MagFed, and it's the fields, and we have to start building these fair competitive leagues for MagFed to show the world that, hey, this is actually a legit sport. It's oxygen fed doors. We're doing cool stuff and we need to bring the game up like that. And to to really put the onus on that because we have great markers, we've got great camouflage and chest rigs out the wazoo, it comes down to making the game more intent or more yeah, like you're saying, the CQC guys stuff. When I travel, I bring a couple of different markers with me based on the missions and scenarios and gameplay, and the fields have to step up to that. Same, And I'm saying that as a field owner, not just as a player. Our field is going to step up to it. We're going to try to make it more challenging and incorporate those tasks for the snipers and for the breaching team. And just to clarify, breaching means that you're you're going in through a door. Uh, Not using high explosives. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> that's for everybody. Exactly right. Everybody gets Thor's hammer, and not that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you, and and I'm answering your question. Hopefully, that yes, we do need to see our sports of uh, Milsim and Magfed step up and organize ourselves more into um, not just not just large events because those are awesome. But we also have to start following uh, league formats and kind of keeping score and, and doing skills and drills. Like make it more professional. Yeah, exactly. And what we're doing this year at Jesters is we're having a first strike league, where all we're using for that league is first strikes. So you have to be eighteen or sixteen with parents' permission. Because if you can join the army at 16, then you should be allowed to play first strikes with your parents' permission. That's that's my opinion, right? <laughs> but the insurance so, company said. <laughs> well, no, that's their opinion too. I argued with them. <laughs> so as long as there's parents' permission, over the age of 16, first strike league, all we're playing is first strikes. It's the same safety distance, everything. You're, you're going on the field realizing, hey, I'm playing with first strikes, so I either have to be mature about it or not step on the field. And the other thing we're doing is we're setting up our uh, HRT league as well, hostage rescue teams. 
that's going to be scenario play. That'd yeah, cool. and and that's something I would like to model here and push out because I'm not going to keep. Well, I wish everybody in Canada would come to this field to play because I'm lonely. But so I know that we have to push it out there. East Coast, you did and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're friendly so here, though. We're friendly. Yeah. So hopefully that answered the question. I don't even remember what the question was. Uh, where the sport was going and, and should we focus on the sports and the activity as less on the markers is what, uh, Mr. Mir was talking about. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, cause we can go in circles forever on this topic, uh, from the sounds of it. So I'm going to have to bring this, not the episode. I'm going to bring this segment to an end. Um, ending of the segment. So, but before we go, I think, I think we can all agree that, uh, we are nowhere near where we came from, and I think where we're going is a good place. Yes? No? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Excellent. Because if anyone had said no, I'd have to say, too bad, we're carrying on. Uh, I remember a time when, when the, the purists of the game um, were against any technological advancements in the game. Like, everything was going to ruin the game. The The first pump. Not that I remember the first pump, but I remember there are definitely stories of it where the first pump was, oh, this is going to ruin the game. And then there was direct feed rather than the rock and cock. And, oh, direct feed's going to ruin the game because it's <laughs> going to be, you know, 12-gram uh, quick changers, constant air. Like, you know, yeah. all those technological advancements, the, the everyone... You know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, no, this is the end of the game. It's yeah. making it a well, it's like race. And... It's like hockey when they started making them wear helmets. Oh, it's going to ruin the game. It's going to ruin the game. Then they're like, oh, you got to wear a, a face shield, too, to keep your teeth in your head. Oh, no, it's going to ruin the game. It's yeah. going to ruin the game. So, uh, people hate change. I think that's what it comes down to. People just hate change. Uh, me, on the other hand, I can't get enough of it. That's why I get upset when I find that paintball companies are basically like, uh, you know, I get it. R&D is hard. But when they're like these big extravaganzas and they're just like, oh, check out this new marker. It now comes in blue. So here, here, the other thing, too, then, should we do extravaganzas every two years if, if we've hit that peak? No, because extravaganza is also a social networking aspect as well. Yeah, it's convention. Yeah. It's like it, comic it, Yeah. You couldn't do Comic-Con uh, once every two years. True. So like you, it's, it's, you you can show up there and have a fake company and show the same marker off every year in a little tiny booth. Nobody would notice for about four or five years. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a little company, you're in a little spot. You're like, oh look, the new Hooligan Six Thousand, and they're like, oh that's cool, whatever. Yeah. It's good to uh, see you again. Paintball extravaganza is, is is one thing. It's for the businesses, and then second, it's it's for the industry, right? There, there's meetings held at that place that are. More than just buy my gear, it's like, okay, what are we doing for next year? What do the fields need to do? What do we need to get the insurance companies on board with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And they talk yeah. about stuff like that. So, uh, I think once. Oh yeah, and it's fine, also for field owners to to get to know everybody and yeah. and to grow the sport that way. So um, it, it is, it's a like a G eight summit kind of thing. Right. I just think that the big companies need to understand that we're not idiots and we don't care that the marker now comes in a new color. You could have shown us that online. Yeah, but you know what? As we said earlier, there's people that will pay that for that brand new marker that. year after year. Yeah, they want to see it in a new color. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, like I said, let's move on. Let's carry on because I want to get to uh, uh, the player of the week. We have a player of the week who was uh, nominated by uh, Michael. 
Wait for it. Wait for it. It's time once again to acknowledge your excellence in this sports by having yourself nominated by your friends for Player of the Week. I don't, I don't know why I let him on here. I really don't. I just Because I don't he fills a dead silence. He does. He does do that. So anyways, Player of the Week. Super cool. So, it is a gentleman by the name of Nigel, who was nominated by a gentleman by the name of Michael. Congratulations, Nigel. Right, Nigel. Right, is the Nigel that, that uh, James has played alongside with, I've played alongside with, Nate's played alongside with. Um, so the reason he was nominated is... Hold is, on, hold on. I've not just played alongside of him. I've administrated first aid to him at two separate events. Right? No. So he was, he's not nominated for still, you know, coming back time after time after nearly killing himself every time he paintballs. But <laughs> instead, he was nominated because of... Uh, one particular thing that Michael saw him do uh, that was just so cool that it needed to be talked about. So we were at a field. Uh, we were at Hillsborough's field, uh, a field in Hillsborough called the Atlantica uh, Outdoor Recreational Center. And they're that field that I was talking about earlier that had like the fully equipped kitchen. And, they were and doing, the dryers. And the dryers. And we were doing, they were doing like spaghetti for lunch or something like that. And they were running behind, so Nigel, I guess, just went into full-blown dad mode, and rather than prepping his gear or socializing, he went into the kitchen and just started, like, chopping onions and, and making lunch for everybody in the field. That's awesome. <laughs> it was a, it was a tear-filled moment. It truly was. Only now, Nigel, are he was the only one crying. Are going to share his last name for our non-familiar viewers? No. Nope. He, nope. He goes by the call sign Blitzkrieg. Yeah. Ah, that works better. Because you don't see him coming. And that he hits things yeah. hard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So, <laughs> so that was just really cool. Michael thought that it was really neat that, you know, the field, rather than sitting back and going, I gave this field money, they should treat me like royalty. He more like looked at it as, these guys have a lot of people to look after. I'm going to give them a hand and just started helping cook lunch. Um, and that's that sense of community that we were talking about. Absolutely. So Nigel gets to be player of the week this week for for making lunch. Thank you, Blitzkrieg. So, and and send your send messages to us. Let, let us know because uh, you know you don't have to be saving the world to be considered a really cool uh, player in the world of paintball or airsoft or whatever. Uh, as long as you are giving back in a way that is not. 100% expected of you, right? You go to a paintball field and you're giving them money. You know, yes, you're expected to give them money. But if you're there and you're a paying player and you're helping the rental players fix their gear because you know that the field owner is busy, that's really cool. We want to hear about that. Let us know. So it's, it's, you don't need to be saving the world. Now, let's go from a positive. Let's go straight to a potential negative. Probably not though, because Nate Jester is usually pretty good for keeping things neutral. Um, you got a rant? You got a mad minute? Mad oh, minute with Jester. Oh! Is that, is that what time it is? I thought you had another topic. No, no, no. We'll get to that. Mad minute. Mad minute. Well, okay. So, um, I guess YouTube is about subscriptions, not about likes, which I understand. I'm not selling you a magazine. I'm just going on there and talking about stuff. Um, what makes me mad is that there's a chance for people to save money and they don't take it and they don't spread the word. Like if you have 
a chance to help your neighbors out, then why don't you do it? If you have a chance to help out your team at an event, you do it, right? Somebody needs an extra pot of paint. Somebody needs an extra barrel because theirs is clogged or they need to borrow microfiber that says Maritime Milson podcast on it or something. Or if you need need a flashlight because you're going into a dark bunker or building, your team is there to help you. So why do we have so many people blading and blue falconing their teams? Explain both. While sharing um, buddy fucking. Okay. Screwing over, screwing over those around them. Gotcha. So, okay. You following? Following. You got me? Yeah. Okay. So, if there's a chance to help them out and they can get better gear and they can get out there and play more often because they're saving money on their gear, which means then they can go save money and use it at the field to play more often, why aren't you helping them? Why are you not shouting from the rooftops to help out your team? Hmm? I'm looking at you. Yeah, you. No, not you. The one beside you. That's right. Right there. Why have you not told anybody about Jester's Tack as a promo code for rat4.com? Okay? It's one thing that makes me mad. The other is when people post a picture of themselves, that's a selfie because they took it themselves, by themselves, alone, singular. Selfie, not selfies. Okay. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve. I don't have pet peeves. I have pet dogs. But what makes me really grumpy is an ussy. What the heck is an ussy? No, it's a picture. You're taking a picture. You and somebody else are in it. It's a picture. Somebody takes the picture of you and somebody together. It's still a picture. Just because you're taking the picture and there's somebody with you, you're maybe doing it yourself, but it's no longer a selfie, right? So when you're running around in a building and you're shooting at people playing paintball or airsoft, are you going, oh, that was a selfie because I got it myself when there's three or four other people around you? No, because you're all shooting there, so it's a group effort. So call it a groupie. (laughs) Love me some groupies. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about the groupies. Like, honestly, the more groupies, the better. Didn't know where that was going, but it did come. It's full no circle. one. He doesn't even know where it's going <laughs> half the time. He's just making sounds with his face. It's actually, it's me and the beard having a conversation. <laughs> Are you yeah. sure the beard's just not controlling you? Mine tries. You got to fight it. You know what I'm talking about, right, Roger? Yes. You have no idea what I said, do you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> He's he's still trying to do the math on what I just said. <laughs> he's mapping it out on his paper. The math on what you Speaking said. of, sorry, what were you saying? What? Speaking of, who who's uh, in charge you... around here? I'm not even sure. <laughs> uh, you forgot to mention something, Jester, about the markers for starters. The what? We'll get to that at the end. First, first. Oh, okay. We'll bring that up. Don't worry. We're not going to forget. We're going to yeah, bring that up in the yeah, end. Don't you yeah. worry about wait it. A, okay? Wait to jump ahead. There is a strict format that we follow on this show, no, mister. No, there's not. Well, strict. I'm sorry. No one sent me the meeting minutes. This is so, our right it's, it's It's online. We, we put that out on the line for everybody to see. Right. But I'm we not on, on the line. line. Off the line. <laughs> well, now you're just... you're. There's no helping you. Yeah. Now, we have gone... I think pretty much way over our time limit. Uh, no, we're only five minutes past. Really? I got seven. Whatever. 
Anyways. Yeah, if you're in Ontario, we're in New Brunswick. There's a okay. time zone difference. So, uh. Jester's rant kind of, I'm not entirely sure where it went, but it was passionate. And groupies. <laughs> and groupies. And groupies. In it. You just feel the passion oozing out of them. I don't want to feel anything oozing out of Jester. Especially in the groupies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Oh, God. Oh, that's how lawsuits happen. Um... Shall now on we? the bear, where he was oozing. Shall we? So I've got that was really loud. I'm sorry. Um, I've got I've got two people, I got two guests on the show, but I think we only have time to ask one of them questions. No, we don't. We have time to do a double hobnobbing with Hooligan. So we got time for some double. Paintball questions with Hooligan. So it's time to DP it up! But due to the time, someone's not allowed to sing. Double action. Okay. I'm not with Hooligan! Times two. Alright. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Look at that. Look at that. Just so enthusiastic. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. It ain't no thing. He's probably got the questions written down. He's been listening for a year. But does he know the new questions? There's new questions? I don't know. You had new questions last show. Did I? Raz, I don't mess with him. He's he's getting old. Yeah. Alright, so Tyler, on a 3-2-1, a 1-2-3, or a go? High pitch note. Let's do it. Alright. High pitch note or high pitch note? Blue, red, or yellow? Red. If you could combine any three foods, what would they be? Uh, steak, hot dog, and corn. <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> cheesy '80s movie? Um, are you even old enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm not remembering the ones that came out then. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Pass. What's your favorite tactical accessory? Uh, rip. favorite brand of pizza? Domino's. Which way do you put the toilet paper on? Over or under? Over. Uh, stranded on a tropical island. What's one item that you take? Time machine. Okay. Which movie would you rather be in, Final Destination or Saw? Final Destination. If you could have any uh, armored vehicle on the field, what would it be? For ridiculous sake, uh, some stupidly armored snowmobile. Because. Because. Uh, favorite hot sauce? Uh, Frank's. Why is the sky blue? Bad paint job. <laughs> Drum eggs, do they add or take away from the game? As a die player, they add. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Uh, maple. Favorite type of paint? Uh, graffiti. If you combine three animals in the world, what would they be? Um, hawk, raptor, shark. Tea or coffee? Coffee. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, freezing time. Would you rather be a leaf or a root? A uh, root. Apples, oranges, or melons? Apples. In mm-hmm. one word, why are leaves oh, green? Oh. Uh, ah, crap. Photosynthesis. Alright. That's it. One, four, seven. Not Eight, bad. four. And you were at a minute at hot sauce. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> 
The, the 80s movies <laughs> caught you up a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know I this question is coming, but I'm just like, I had a movie, and I don't remember what it is, and I don't remember what else came out. Terminator. That's all you got to say. Ah, it would have been the good one. Commander. Right. Was, um... Red did Dawn. Die Hard come out then? No. Ah, okay. Yes. That's the one that... Yes. Did it? The first one? Yes, it did, but it's not cheesy. That's true. It's a Christmas movie. It's Die if Hard. It's a, if it's a Christmas movie, it's cheesy. <laughs> yeah, it is a Christmas movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, it is. So, Roger, did you want All right. to go? I think I'd end up doing a lot of passes on your question. <laughs> so, that might not be very interesting to answer. They're, they're not supposed uh, to be interesting. They just kill airtime. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. We're not going to make it. Hey, it's like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Whenever they step on the ice, all they're really doing is running out the clock. <laughs> so you must be a Habs fan. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. I'm actually an intelligent person. And your team is? Alberta. Best Which two one? farm teams for the rest. Well, the best two farm teams for the rest of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's uh, we'll pass on it then because Rogers doesn't think he'll have any answers. I'd have a few, but uh, not not a uh, not many. No, that's fine. Um, so Roger wins just because. Sure. Why good not? good try, Tyler. Good try. Yeah, yeah it was a hell of a try. So let's actually uh, pretty good. Huh? Let's put it, let's try and bring this to an end. Except before we go, um, I wanted to talk about we're got a new segment we're working on. It's going to be coming on uh, coming around in the next few weeks. But I need I need all the everyone listening. I need their help. I need to enlist their help. So right now we're going to call it Tales from the Field. There's going to be a sweet echoey sound to it. Exactly. Uh, I want tales, tales, tales from the field. <gasps> God, that was loud. That I want. Like uh, I want stories. I want. So there's your cheesy eighty horror movie, <laughs> right? Jester talking into things. Um, I want stories. I want funny stories. I want awesome stories. I want stories that made you think, "What the hell just happened to me?" Uh, preferably on the paintball field. And <laughs> uh, basically, I want to tell. I want. I want, how do I explain it? War stories. I want, I want the stories that you tell other people when they ask about paintball. Because we've all got that one story or those two stories, right? When somebody's like, is paintball any fun? And you go, sit down, I'm going to tell you something. And then you tell them, like, sit down, young boy, I've got a story to tell you. You're going to grow some chest hair today. And you just start talking to them about, like, the greatest time you ever had paintballing. And I want to hear the stories. So, uh, send them to us, submit them online to us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash maritime milson podcast and post them on our wall, send them in Facebook messages. Doesn't matter. We'll get them and we're going to, uh, read them on the air. We, not, we might not read, I think we might read one or two, depending on how long they are, but we're going to read them on the air. And then who knows? Maybe in the near future. Actually, we have enough of them. I think you should host a whole show of just reading these stories That'd be hilarious. and make it like, and then leather bound it so people can give it away at Christmas time. Leather bound the podcast sounds like a hell of an idea. Yeah, I'm not sure. The technology's there. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure somebody knows how to do it. Kinky. They'll they'll 3D print a machine or something for it. Right. I need this podcast 3D printed. 
and leather bound. And leather bound. So, so anyway, send us your war stories or your your tales from the field. I don't care if it sounds too real to be true because we've all been there. We've all done that one thing or that one thing happened to us that we thought was too too impossible. Like we don't know how it happened. It doesn't matter. Send them to us. I want to hear them. I want to read them. And like I said, maybe in the future, in the distant future, in the near future, who knows? Maybe the ones we read on the air might get something. Maybe a patch or a microfiber cloth or something. We don't know yet. But you might get something Ooh. for it. Huh? Right? Sounds cool. Yeah. Or a groupie. Or you might get some groupies. I, I could try and send you some groupies. I don't know how much that costs to mail, but... <laughs> it would be autographed, too. I don't know if I can autograph a patch, but I'm going to sure as hell try. Well, sure, we could do a patch. I was talking about the groupies, but hey. Oh, but yeah, we'll autograph the groupies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sounds good. And on that bombshell. And on that bombshell. <laughs> uh, Roger, Tyler, thank you for coming on. You're very That's welcome. It was, uh, it was very cool Great. having uh, Roger on to talk about stuff that happened before I was born. And uh, Tyler, it was very cool to just have you just show up because I needed somebody to fill a spot and you were just like, boom, I'm there. Very cool. Like those seat takers at the Oscars. Right? Love the enthusiasm. There's clapping and smiling. You don't really know what's going on, but you don't care. And it's a good time. You're in the, halfway through, you're thinking to yourself, Jesus, why did I do this? There's bad music playing. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, James, thank you for coming on and, and filling the other spot. It's always fun to have you on. Hey, I'm always there to fill a seat. That's... Works for me. When you come back yeah. down, you come back to the Maritimes anytime soon? Uh, July, I believe, if Jester's still doing 30, it. Six hour game. 36 hour game. Yeah. Which we're, we're working with the military actually to bring in some cool stuff. So. Uh-huh. Ooh. That's new. If you can make it so I don't have to walk from one side of the field to the other and I can just take a lav, I'll be so happy. <laughs> Lavs will get stuck out here. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> Fine, bring me some leopards. Preferably the two. Ooh. Right? So very get one cool. of those and you won't see me not smile for the rest of the day. Huh? It, anyway, it, referring to myself when I was a kid anyway. Okay. I, As a military... Sh- yeah, hey. James. James, shh. just go with it. Shh. Shh. I'm not so, sure what happened, but on that note, <laughs> thanks everyone for joining us, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk with everyone next week. Cheers. 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 Now. Bye.